Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jerry Bunkowski. No, this is not another episode of the Racing Beat podcast, but I really thought you would enjoy my interview with Daryl Waltrip recently for a story that I did for NASCAR.com. Kind of aware are they now, even though Daryl's only been out of the booth now a little over a year now. But he had a lot of great things to say, and I, I felt obliged to share them with you. So sit back, enjoy. This is Daryl Waltrip. I guess the the best place to start off with, and you know the the most logical uh, place to start off with, is how are you enjoying retirement, and what's keeping you busy these days now that you know, that uh, you've stepped away from the booth? Yeah, well, I I, I really I, I haven't I can't say that I've enjoyed being retired, um, but by the same token, when I look at look back, and COVID kind of hit, and the way they had to do. TV last year, they did most, well, they did all the races from a studio in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed that because I'm a see it, feel it, touch it, hear it, smell it kind of guy. I like to be at the track. So, um, you know, I guess the, the good Lord was looking out for me and the timing was probably better than I thought it was, than I thought. Uh, I did go to a couple of races last year. I went to the Daytona 500 with president trump mm-hmm. and uh that was that was a fun day and the only other race i went to was the all-star race at bristol and i went to that race with governor lee our, our the governor of tennessee so uh other than that uh i haven't been to any tracks or any races uh, watch them all on tv and uh, I, you know I, I i wish i last year particularly i thought mike and mike joy and and jeff Gordon did a did a nice job but not a lot of excitement, and then they brought Boyer on this year, and he's kind of lit up the, the studio a little bit. So um, I enjoy listening to him and his antics. Um, so uh, I guess overall, it probably was a good time for me to step aside. And I had a lot of fun in my career, and step aside and let somebody else enjoy themselves. Exactly. You, you mentioned Boyer. I was going to ask you that a little bit later, but since you brought it up, you know, it almost seems like uh, he's kind of a younger version of you. I mean, he's, he's opinionated. He's a fan favorite. Uh, do you see a lot of similarities in his style compared to your broadcasting style? And what do you think of him in the booth as well, too? Yeah. Well, they needed him. Uh, I mean, Mike Joy's a pro. Been doing it his whole life. He's, you know, he's a, he, he was always our leader. And, uh, and Jeff needed somebody to to kind of lean on and, and, and bring out the, some of his – you know, fun qualities he has. So uh, I thought I think Boyer's done a great job of uh, of getting those guys excited and and uh, I, I, I think uh, when I when I watch Boyer, I kind of hold my breath because it always reminds me of what somebody told me. You can say anything you want to on TV once, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so I'm 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 always waiting for that kind of that one moment, but. Uh, I, I think I, I actually I, I think he was a lot like me. I think uh, his career had kind of stalled out, and uh, he wasn't having any fun. And uh, now he's you know a part of a of a tele of a of a team that 
you can go and enjoy yourself, have a good time without all the headaches and all the heartburn that driving a race car brings. And so I think overall he's done a really nice job. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed having him, uh, seeing him in the booth. Right. Hey, you said a few moments ago that you still watch all the races and I, I've got to ask you this and be honest with me. I and mean, I mean this kind of in a, in a funny, in a funny tone here, but do you find yourself when you're watching the races on TV, do you find yourself, you know, maybe shouting back at the TV screen or maybe thinking in your head, you know, that, that you know, what would I say in this, in this situation? <laughs> I do it all the time. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm constantly saying, tell them this, tell them that. Tell them about this. Tell them about that. Right. You know why? Any you know, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I guess I'm a race fan, and I'm not my race fan at heart. But you know, a, a flat tire or a wreck, or I say, you know, why do you want to sugarcoat it? Tell it like it is. Guy had a flat tire. He spun out. Guy, guy ran into him. Spun the other guy. Look at his nose. Look at his rear quarter pound. I, yeah, I'm real guilty about that. I, I'm a, I'm opinionated. Always have been, and uh, I, you know, nobody. I'm a, I guess in a, in a lot of ways I'm a perfectionist, mm -hmm. and uh, and so when you're a perfectionist, you're a miserable person all the time, because <laughs> nobody does it the way you would do it, or nobody says what you would say, but um, I, I, I guess that's just part of being a fan, mm -hmm. and I know I know so much, I, 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 you know, I was in the booth for almost 20 years, and drove for 30 years, and been around racing my whole life, and so I see things, and I, I know things that... Exactly. Well, so speaking of the, the 20 years uh, that you were a broadcaster, and this may be a, a hard question for you to answer, but you, you saw so much, you experienced so much, you talked so much about you know various things that went on. What, what, I mean, is there one thing in your mind, or maybe a couple of things, that stand out as the highest points of your broadcasting career? Well, it started off, I mean, does it start off any... Uh, better or worse, I don't know which way. I don't know how, how you want to look at it. But with the Dale, with the death of Dale Earnhardt, mm -hmm. I mean, our first race was the Daytona 500. We start with a Super Bowl, and so you don't have any practice. You know, you don't get really get a chance to warm up. Uh, you just, uh, you know, your baptism by fire. Great race, exciting race to do. Larry and Mike and I were hitting on all eight cylinders. We were covering it like, like, like we've been doing our whole life. And then the way it ended, you know, my brother who never won a race, he wins in Dale's car. Dale loses his life, and uh, and, and away we go. And so, uh, you know, I'm, that's been 20 years ago, and it's like it was just yesterday. Exactly. And there were other races. A race at uh, Darlington between Kurt Busch and uh, and Ricky Craven, an incredibly exciting race to do and call. And the race at Talladega, when eight cars came across the start finish line, I think Jimmy Johnson won that race. We really weren't sure who won that race. Uh, and some of the feuds we've had, you know, between Kislowski and Jeff Gordon or Jeff Gordon and Carl Edwards or Jeff Gordon and, and Clem Boyer or I, I don't, the, the feuds that, uh, you know, Joey Logano and Kyle Busch. Just those kinds of things are memorable uh, because they, they stand out in your mind because they're a little bit different and they don't happen every day. And, and, and really and truly it's what we're looking for. You know, as broadcasters, we're always looking for controversy. Right, exactly. And so, you know, uh, and, and one of the things I hated was if we tried to create it. You can't create controversy. You have to let it happen on its own. Rivalries, they just got to grow. You can't just create a rivalry overnight. So um, so anyway, there are a lot of things that stick out of my mind. But uh, some of the races, one of the races at, at Martinsville, Jimmy Johnson won the race. Dale Jr. spun out, and uh, 
Jimmy Johnson was leading the race, and he could have stopped and let Dale Jr. get going and kept him going to lap down, but he didn't. He lapped Dale Jr. while he was sitting still, and I commented about it, and, and Jimmy didn't like it, mm -hmm. and he called me on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and there was a there was a race that uh, oh the race that Tony Stewart won when he beat Denny Hamlin at uh, at, at at Sonoma, mm -hmm. and I, I was I was I was pulling for. Tony Stewart, because he hadn't won a race in a while, and uh, you know Tony and I are buddies, and uh, I, I guess subconsciously, uh, it, it, you know, it sounded more like I was cheering him on and and, and pulling for for Tony more than I was for Denny, and, and then really and truly, you can't do that, right. and, and you really not, you know, you know this like I do, you're not supposed to show favors, you're supposed to just tell the story, but man, when you know these guys personally and you kind of around them all the time. Uh, you have sentimental favors. Uh, you have people that you want to see do well. And so when they get an opportunity, sometimes you just maybe overstep your boundaries. Right, right, right. Was it difficult for you, you know, you mentioned about uh, your first race, obviously the 2001 Daytona 500. You said you, you know, there was no uh, previous uh, practice, if you will, I mean, no other races to broadcast. Was it a difficult transition for you to, to go from race car driver to broadcast? Because you made it seem so natural. It's like you, you've been doing it your whole life. I mean, was, was it difficult back then or, or not? No, it, it really wasn't difficult for me. I, I guess I, I, in a lot of ways I've been grooming myself for, you know, my next for my next career. I always felt like I'd end up in TV somewhere, somehow, mm -hmm. eventually. Uh, so... It wasn't like I'd never done a race before. I'd done a lot of Xfinity races. I'd done a few truck races. Uh, I'd done some races here and there. Ralph Emery was a really good friend of mine here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would host at Nashville now. And so it wasn't like I was a rookie and I'd never been before, you know, in front of a camera before. So mm -hmm. that helped. But i tell you what helped the most for that broadcast, particularly for the Daytona 500. David Hill. One of the smartest guys that ever ever was around television in my in, in my mind, kind of with a junior Johnson of television mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. uh, we were in the booth on Saturday. And we just finished an Xfinity race, and it was okay. It wasn't great, but it's okay. And Mike and Larry and I were standing there talking about you know tomorrow's the five hundred, and I don't know how do you think we're doing. And David Hill walks in, and he doesn't say a word. And that's not like David Hill. He normally is, you know out and he's got lots to say, and he'll give you his opinion about everything. He walks in, he picks up a piece of paper, he writes W-H-Y on the paper, big bold letters, and slammed it on the window and walked out of the booth. <laughs> and later on he said, did you get my message? He said, I don't care what they're doing, I don't care how they're doing it, I want to know why are they doing it. Right, right. And, and that's where you guys, are, you, you, you're great at telling them everybody, what they see, they, 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 you know, the same. The people see the same thing you do, but you got to tell them why. Mm -hmm. And that made all the difference in the world. I mean, you know, we went from uh, from about what people were doing to why they were doing it, and it made for a much better telecast. And that kind of set the tone for the next twenty years, I would say. Probably, I would think. Oh yeah, well, it's still true today. I mean, those kind of things, those principles, those the the, the way you cover a race, you know, they don't change. You just gotta you, you gotta figure it out and get with it. Right, exactly, exactly. I, this is this is kind of a um, an unusual question. I mean, I know you're 74, but you you have such a passion about racing. You know, Ray Evernham and your your good buddies, Ray Evernham and Tony Stewart, are going to start the Superstar Racing Experience on short tracks uh, later this year. 
any any uh, any urge to for you to want to get behind the wheel again? Well, they didn't call me. <laughs> <laughs> I can make that happen. I, I'll, hey, I'll call Ray right hey. now. <laughs> I, I, it, whether I had an urge or not, you know, I would I would probably be the oldest guy in the field. Uh, you know, you know, it, 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 when you when you've had the, when you've been successful in any sport, I don't know golf, basketball, whatever it is, you always think you can still compete. Uh, but I I noticed as I got older, uh, I look I, I was like an old computer. I got every bit of the information. I got the same information you do. Mm-hmm. It just takes me longer to get it out. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's no good in racing. You got to be you know you got to you got to get it out immediately. Mm-hmm. And so, could I compete in that series? Mm, maybe they're short races. Conditioning is certainly you know not maybe that big a factor. Uh, and could I be competitive? Eh, maybe I'm not sure. I'd have to, I'd have to get in the car and see how it felt. But uh, so many things. As you get older, you just experience so much that I always like about the young drivers what they don't know, they don't know. Yeah. And so there's things that they they are happening to them that are probably not in their in their to their advantage, but they don't know it. Mm-hmm. And so I always saw Mario Andretti always said, "You got to drive through it. You got to." You got to put the things like that out of your mind and drive through. And I, I don't know, at 74, uh, two kids and grandkids, and, you know, things are going pretty well. I don't know if I'd want to hop in a race car or not. I might, but I, I don't know for sure. I'd have to, I'd have, to have that invitation, and I, and, I, and I don't have that. Right. Well, I know they, they've talked to Schrader, and I think they've also talked to uh, Sterling. I think Sterling's going to do it, from what I understand. Uh, so I, mean, I, I, I would doubt that, but maybe. Just a few more questions. I'll let you go here. You know, you, you mentioned earlier about you know the pandemic last year and everything. From your perspective, both as a former broadcaster and a former race car driver, how did NASCAR do? I mean, they did a, such a to me, in my opinion, they did such a tremendous job with so many obstacles and challenges. Yet they still managed to get a full season in. I mean, what? How did you? How do you kind of gauge? how they were able to overcome all those challenges last year and put on a full season. Well, you can give credit to NASCAR, and, and rightfully so. Uh, I thought the leadership did a nice job, but you have to give credit to the teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter what the rules are. It doesn't matter what kind of changes NASCAR makes. You know, the teams have to make it happen. Right. And and, and what, what I saw was a, a bunch of guys that are – passionate about racing just like I am and they were eager to get back to the track and get get back to some sort of normalcy we've never gotten there yet but eventually we will I guess and so I always give credit to the teams uh and and, and maybe that's selfish because I'm, I'm a driver and I've owned a team and but I always think it's incredible like the car that they're getting ready to introduce for next year mm-hmm. it's a whole new it's a whole new race car and NASCAR drew it all up on paper and said, here you go, boys, this is what we're going to race next year. And the boys have to say, oh, yeah, okay, well, we're going to have to get busy and build some of these cars like you want us to build so that we can race next year. So I, 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 give, the, I give leadership an A because they were able to pull it off. They did it the right way. And we've got to remember some of our sports, it's kind of an outdoor sport, so we're not in an arena necessarily. We're not indoors. And so even though we haven't had a lot of fans, uh, able to go to the racetrack, uh, we've been able to pretty much maintain uh, some sort of a normal 
show on Sunday for television, mm-hmm. which is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I give I give leadership, you know, an A for getting 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 the getting it done like they did. And, but I, I give the I give the teams an A plus for buying into what NASCAR wanted, uh, the protocols they had to go through, the restrictions they had to go through, the mask mandates they had to go through, uh, and 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 show up and be able to compete. So, uh, uh, I mean, overall, we couldn't ask for much more out of out of the situation we were that we were in last year. I, Pretty amazing that we were able to do what we did. Exactly, and then, you know, it also set the tone for the future for NASCAR because, not I mean when you can overcome those kind of challenges, and then you know, obviously when they, uh, you know, they they uh, obviously uh, made a stronger commitment to things like diversity and things like that. You know, it, it sets the tone for the next five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, and I think that's a positive for NASCAR because you know, obviously we know that you know you want to, they want to get more fans back and they want to get new fans as well too. So I think they're definitely going in that right direction. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, um, it's it's uh, there are a lot of things that we learned because of the pandemic. Uh, you know, we learned we don't have to have practice. Mm-hmm. The races are actually better, in my opinion, without practice. Uh, and, and and I haven't noticed any. I haven't noticed any effect uh, on the races or or in the 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 quality of the races because we don't have practice. Mm-hmm. So that's something we learned. We were spending way too much time at the track, showing up on Thursday and being there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, go home and then right back to the track again next week. So we learned how to, to condense the schedule without all the practice. Qualifying, I mean, you know, qualifying's kind of fun, but not really because – the same guys are going to start pretty much in the same spots just about every week. Mm-hmm. So the way they've done qualifying, I think, is true that we don't we don't need practice, we don't need qualifying, we just need good racing. And I think the racing has been extraordinary. I think the racing has been as as good this this past year that, I, that I've seen. So uh, I, I think we've learned a lot. Uh, you know, I, I think businesses have learned a lot. Meeting on our computers and doing business from our homes and. Uh, I think we were just, I think we were caught in a rut of doing the same old thing over and over again. And then all of a sudden this pandemic came along and we found out, well, there's, there's maybe a better way of doing business than what we've done in the past. Exactly. You know, I know you, you, it's very important for you to be with your kids, your grandkids and that kind of thing. Is, but, you know, from a, from Daryl Waltrip, the person, and I'm not talking so much about the broadcaster or the race car driver, but just the person himself. Is there anything in your life that you haven't accomplished? You know, a bucket list, if you will, that you would still like to do? No, not really. Uh, I, I, I tell you, I, somebody will start talking about something they did, and I see I did that. Or, you know, I've, I, I, I've traveled with the presidents. I, I, I've known most all the presidents. I've, I know the governors. So politically, I'm pretty well connected. Uh, I, I, the car business is going great. We're selling more cars than we ever have. That's going good. Uh, my my family's all healthy. Uh, so uh, and and there's there's not any awards out there that I'm aware of uh, that I haven't haven't won or at least uh, participated in. So no, there's 
I don't have a bucket list. My my bucket's empty. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. You know, uh, a couple more things. I'll let you go here. You know, the the, the w number one thing about Daryl Waltrip, both as a race car driver and a broadcaster, is fans. I mean, the fans have always loved you. I mean, they just think so much of you. And, and I'm going to ask you this because I talked to Mark Martin a few weeks ago. I did a story on him for NASCAR.com, and he brought this up, and it it, it kind of triggered something in my mind. He, he said he was recently at a truck stop somewhere in the middle of nowhere. He was gassing up his uh, his um, his bus, his RV, and uh, he said some guy came up to him. He says, "Hey, Mark, how's it going?" And you know he you know here out in the middle of nowhere, somebody still recognizes recognizes him. How about for you these days? I mean, do do people still reach out to you? I, mean, I know they do on social media, but I mean, do they send you emails or letters? Do they run into you on the streets? I mean, what, what's kind of the engagement that you have with fans uh, these days? When I hang up, I'll, share, I'll send you a picture. Okay. Uh, the fan mail is on my desk right now. <laughs> I get more. I get. I get more mail today than I've ever gotten in my life. Really? Uh, but here, here's the thing: a lot of people don't know I ever drove. It's 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 amazing to me the number of people that think all I've ever done is TV, and they think I'm only famous for saying "boogity boogity boogity." Let's go racing, boys. Right. And and so and so it, it's kind of an opportunity for me. Uh, I, I sent a postcard with the results from you know when I drove and uh, and and I was in the movie you know I was in Daryl Daryl Car Trip in the movie Cars. Right. A lot right. of people think I'm a, a lot of a lot of the young kids think I'm just some guy that was in a movie. So you know it's it's kind of an opportunity for me to share a little bit uh, and enlighten a little bit and brag a little bit. So <laughs> I, I I get a chance. Uh, Today to do things that maybe I never got a chance to do before, uh, but uh, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's there was a time when it would have annoyed me mm -hmm. that uh, someone would not know about my driving career. But in in, in, in actuality, I, I think it's an it's a great opportunity for me to share uh, what I've done and my career as a driver, my career as a broadcaster, or TV. I've written books. Uh, I, I just got a lot of. I've done a lot of things. Do, do, do fans still run? I mean, when you, do they run into you? You know, like when you go to the store or, you know, or somewhere around Nashville. I mean, do fans still run into you a lot? Oh yeah, yeah. But it's like I told you, I can walk into a restaurant in New York, and you know what I hear? ADW, boogity, boogity, boogity. Well, that's that's that more than shows how much the fans love you, and they still you know they'll always love you. So, but. Um, I guess my final question, Daryl, is, you know, is there anything that, I mean, you know, obviously this is the tone of the story is going to be, you know, what are you doing now? But is there anything that I haven't asked you? And I always like to ask people this whenever I'm you know, done with an interview. Is there anything we, uh, we haven't talked about that you may want to throw in there, maybe a plug or, or whatever, you know, anything that, that maybe we haven't discussed that you'd like to you know, see in the story as well, too? No, I, I just, I've always said that the thing that needed the most attention was the schedule. And uh, again, because of the pandemic, uh, it, it, we're finally, you know, NASCAR's taking a hard look at the schedule. Uh, and so I'm glad that, I'm glad of that. There's seven road courses. We need fans clamor all the time for more short tracks, more road courses. Mm -hmm. uh, the fairgrounds here in Nashville, uh, eventually with uh, Marcus Smith and Jerry Caldwell and that crowd involved, I think that'll get back online before too long. Uh, we got a race at, at you know out at the Super Speedway, the National Super Speedway, Speedway in Lebanon. Uh, we're going to, to uh, Road America. We're going to uh, the track over in, in Austin. So, um, I I think we're going to learn a lot mm -hmm. 
uh, about who we are and how we do business. Um, and, and it was because we were forced into it. Had we not been forced into doing some of the things we're doing, I'm not sure we'd ever done them. But because we have been forced into them, I think we're learning a lot, and I think it'll really help us down the road. Exactly. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see uh, where we go, uh, you know, in the, in the years to come. The car, to, the, the new car they're, they're coming with, with is totally different anything we've ever had before. You know, this car, people may or may not know this, but this car is so reminiscent. It reminds me so much of uh, the VA supercars that they run in Australia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very, it's a very similar car uh, with a lot of similar, similar ideas. And uh, those guys have incredible racing over there. So as they develop this car and the teams get familiar with this car. Uh, we'll see where it goes. It, it, it could be really exciting. Exactly. And I'm, I'm going to leave you with this. In case you've been hearing snoring in the background, it, it's not me. I have an old English bulldog who's cutting woods <laughs> at wood about five feet from me here. So if you've been hearing snoring, you know where it's coming from, though. So, but, but Daryl, Look listen. here, Brankowski. I've listened to you long enough to know you never sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, listen, thank you ever so much again for taking the time. This is going to be up this coming Thursday. Uh, they, we kind of do it every other Thursday now. So uh, okay. I wanted to get you for a few weeks here and i'm glad i got you and uh, stay safe stay healthy and i'm sure we'll be talking again soon sometime down the road then okay yeah anytime pal thanks, thanks. a lot daryl we'll talk all to you later right. then okay yeah. bye-bye all right that's old dw daryl waltrip and really enjoyed talking with him for, for my story on nascar.com uh, you can see the link here with this uh, page and you'll be able to go right to that story and there's also a great photo gallery that the editors at nascar.com put together i think you're really going to enjoy taking a step back in time and in history and seeing just the great career that daryl had so again thanks ever so much to daryl for joining me and uh, taking the interview doing the interview with me and i hope you enjoy the, the story and we'll t- catch you next time thanks for listening everyone take care Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.